four, three, two, one. Your hearts know in silence the secrets of the days and nights, but your ears thirst for the sound of your heart's knowledge. You would know in words that which you have always known in thought. You would touch with your fingers the naked body of your dreams. And as well you should. The hidden wellspring of your soul must needs rise and run mourning to the sea, murmuring to the sea. And the treasure of your infinite depths would be revealed to your eyes. But let there be no scales to weigh your unknown treasure. And seek not the depths of your knowledge with staff or sounding line. For self is a sea boundless and measureless. Say not, I have found the truth, but rather say, I have found a truth. Say not, I have found the path of the soul. Say rather, I have met the soul walking upon my path. For the soul walks upon all paths. The soul walks not upon a line, neither does it grow like a reed. The soul unfolds itself like a lotus of countless petals. That's the prophet dropping some knowledge on us. Man, this book is, uh, it's hard for me to like entirely digest every single section to be totally <laughs> Yeah, honest. one sentence is just like, it's like an ear. Do you want to read that again? If you want. I, like I got it. I kind of got it, but I want to, I want to understand it a little deeper. So, so yeah, we, we can, we can just kind of like dissect it. So it says your hearts know in silence, the secrets of the days and the nights. So it's like your heart possesses all the truth. That's all the knowledge. Yes. Your heart, your heart in silence knows in silence. So, and he goes on to say, but your ears thirst for the sound of your heart's knowledge. So this is the idea that we all have like truth, right? We all have some sort of intrinsic deep knowledge about reality. We're all experiencing reality, right? However, there's a part of us that wants to actually hear that express. And that's why um, people get so heated in arguments too, is because it's not necessarily that they want to convince the other person. They just want to hear the other person say what they think. But in that, by hearing it, it somehow confirms it. You know what I mean? They, it, there's a longing. Um, our ears thirst for the sound of our heart's knowledge. We thirst for it, you know? Right. Um, and so right, anytime right, right, somebody's right. getting... And, and I, I see this a lot with myself and other people. It's clear you're not really arguing to convince another person. You're arguing because another, the other person's a representation of you. It's an external representation <laughs> of you, right? It's, people are just mirrors. And because when you refine everything down to this, this, the origin of the soul, your argument has been – or your, your belief has been like – that everyone's soul is actually equal at a fundamental level, right? Yeah, everybody's the same, and it kind of has. The same it's the problem. manifestation that changes, and and that can do, be due right. to you know an infinite amount of factors. But um, yeah, so so other people are just mirrors, and so when you're presenting an argument, let's say a truth or, or a, a part of your knowledge in your heart, right? It, it's really. Because you're talking to a reflection of yourself. You're a reflection of me and your mom's a reflection of you. And, you know, just everybody you meet, that stranger on the subway, they're all just reflections. And so whenever you see a reflection of yourself not reciprocating what you believe to be true, there's a frustration that happens. And and so, yeah, essentially your ears thirst for the sound of your heart's knowledge. And you get up, people get upset whenever they're not hearing what they want to. Um, and then it says, you would know in words that which you have always known and thought. So that's saying that uh, 
you want to know in words what you have always known and thought, which is kind of essentially saying the same thing. Um, yeah. You would touch with your fingers the naked body of your dreams. That's an interest. That's interesting imagery, and I kind of like that. Oh, and I got to tell you about this dream I had the other night. I've actually had three nights in a row of crazy dreams. I'm going to break them down for you. But anyways. Dude, I, I keep having the reoccurring dream of, like, the Marxist takeover and me just trying to protect uh, this one girl that I really enjoy. Um, this one girl that I enjoy. Like, I keep having these dreams. That was gross. That's that icky. Yeah. That's real icky. <laughs> one this one female i really i really like to enjoy uh but it said you would touch with your fingers the naked body of your dreams which is it's almost like a longing that each human has to touch to have like a tangibility a tactileness around the the you know the voice of their soul but that but the way he describes dreams is they're naked right you can't actually touch them you they're naked they're they're ethereal is kind of the imagery i'm getting here um that it's really even if you had like let's say you were a genius kind of like c.s lewis or or other people are where they're very good at just uh literating ideas and most people don't have that gift some people do but even even there's there's things that even c.s lewis or minds like him can't express i mean if we could actually go into the mind of c.s lewis i'm sure we would it would make his works look you know, uh, remedial in nature, because I'm sure in his mind, he knew and experienced and understood so much more than he was capable of expressing. Uh, and it, and then you- yeah, that's something uh, with, with my dad, um, my family kind of, a lot of the members of my family are inbred. different intellectual. Okay. Relax. Um, a lot of members of my family go down different like intellectual rabbit holes. Like we have a pretty intellectually based family. We argue all the time. We just here, here. I'm gonna give you an example of your, like, your family's conversation. You're gonna walk in and go, Hey dad, what Joel? Why aren't the ABCs in order? Like why do they gotta be in order? Oh, Joel. Oh, that's a good question, Joel. Why why are the ABCs in order? No, anyway, so my dad has a library that's just like gigantic full of books Dr. and Seuss. everything. But I feel like I feel like a lot of people have this intellectual capacity that is very yeah. extreme because of all the different seeking that they've done yeah, throughout yeah. their life and they're just not really verbally equipped to like distill the information in conversation with yeah other people, people. have like, there's, there's tons of people out there everybody has, yeah everybody different. has different aptitudes um but yeah and, and that's the other thing it's like uh, just because you can't express something doesn't mean that it's not true and that's a big thing in modern culture we've yeah. talked about this about how just the correct not only just getting out the idea but also correctly getting out the idea is culturally more important than the idea itself. Like people will nitpick you on your grammar, your punctuation, your spelling, then the idea in its in its essence. And that's that's a flaw because if and it's really more so because there's actually a lot of dumb people out there who don't have any good ideas. So if we can turn the fact that ideas are not the most important, just writing 
it, like just the form correctly writing correct writing form is the most important then a lot of people who don't have ideas can feel superior um and that's a flaw because at the end of the day we want the people with the better ideas to not be um to not feel shamed in the fact that they can't oh i don't know how to spell this word right we'll put it down we all can read it yeah i i do think like um there's a certain element of value in like grammar and obviously like spelling. Like there's a, there's a certain you ever, you value read, in those things. So not just you've read J.R. Tolkien, right? And you've read C.S. Lewis. I've read okay. Some None of them use Lewis, good but. English. They just write shit. If you read it, they just write. Oh well, yeah, yeah. And it's this. It's the same with. I mean, all writers, pretty much good writers. Like most most writers that they I just do it. And like. AP Euro class I took were all outside of the gram- grammatical yeah, box because they like, weren't so they weren't letting that confine their ideas they were more in focus yeah. and so when we go oh well grammar is important yeah sure grammar is important it's like the foundation of language so yes it is it is important and understanding it is important however that's not and we're talking about the realm of ideas not necessarily academic study because you could make the argument that well we want people to be able to understand it as best as possible. So when you're going into an academic, like you're writing a research paper, the, the, if we can structure the grammar correctly, there's more chance that people will be able to understand it, right? But at the end of the day, that should not shun somebody, especially a creative person, from uh, not writing ideas. Anyways, anyways. Yeah, I think I, I just think the value in like teaching grammar and like spelling and all those things, especially yeah, like I'm not saying at a not young to. age, I'm just, I'm just... is is um is like important because it just gives people the tools to be able to uh, like eloquently produce there's language. A, there's a quote extent, that says, which is important. There's a quote that says you must understand the rules in order to break them uh, properly. And yeah, that's... and I agree. Like I think I think. Um, do you know Greg Hurwitz? Uh, no. I don't. He's a he's an author who I think he like studied under Jordan Peterson. He was like a graduate student of Jordan Peterson's, and now he writes like a lot of the uh, like com- he writes like a lot of comic books, but he also writes a lot of like superhero related like novels and stuff like that. But he's he's a really good author, apparently. I'm assuming. I haven't actually read any of his books, but he he's very eloquent in his uh, like vocabulary and everything. But him and Jordan Peterson have this long podcast where they talk about writing and like how to actually like get good at writing. And they basically distill it down to like the most simple thing and the most beautiful thing, which is just like read what you genuinely enjoy reading, read the authors you genuinely enjoy, read them carefully. And then like, combine everything that you love and you know about the reading that you've understood and put it in your own yeah. words rather than just like, okay, follow this, you know, this perfect formula and make sure you have all these things in this essay. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll continue with the quote and it says as well, you should, so you should touch your fingers with the naked body of dreams as well. You should the hidden wellspring of your soul, must needs rise and run murmuring to the sea. So it says your your soul pretty much needs to go to the sea. And the treasure of your infinite depths would be revealed to your eyes. 
So I think it's I think it's what it's saying there is that we have this desire to see the treasure of our infinite depths with our eyes. Um, but this is the problem. And then he goes on to the next thing. But let there be no scales to weigh your unknown treasure. And the problem is, is that I think there's this idea like this is a common um, atheist arm, ar ar argument where why doesn't God just show us? Why doesn't he just come down? Right. Why make things? Secret. That's so, and it's like, but the idea is, it's so it, it's silly. Not, there's, there is some sort of, there is an argument there. I mean, I mean, there's, there's an emotional like yes. tinge to it in the sense that it, you kind of feel it, but it's, it, it, but man, it's like reality is so complicated on so many levels. Like you study something on the micro level, and it just gets more and more and more yeah. and more complicated the more you distill it down. And you study something on the ma macro level and you realize how like infinitely small we are in the universe and how little we understand things like dark matter. Or how big we are. And, you know, if you go the other direction, we're astronomically big compared to something like an atom. You know, uh, you have trillions of atoms. So, sure, so that's true. There, yeah. you can go both ways. It's just. Yeah. I just mean like the maximum macro level, you know, like if you were to just like look at the universe, zoom way out. Look at it in its entirety. We're like a very small they say of they that say the space basically. between atoms are similar to the space between stars. When if you get down small enough, and that's that's almost mind blowing. Like the space Wait, between mean? atoms, if you can go down far enough, are is proportionate or similar to the space in between stars. Yeah, but isn't there like? You're, you're the the universe you energy is 99% empty space and i'm not talking about outer space empty space i'm talking about literally your like the molecular makeup you you feel solid you feel tactile but you're actually mostly empty space which is kind of a mind blowing idea because right. everything seems so uh, correct anyways so but i think the idea is it's saying let no scales weigh your unknown treasure so it's like don't put like you want to know the truth to your soul, right? But if you saw it, it would automatically have a definition, right? But <laughs> anything that exists uh, makes a manifestation. There's now a definition on it, right? Everything that you see and you touch yeah. has boundaries on it, what it can be and what it can't be. And so it's not infinite. Yeah. It's not. And this is, I, I believe, the, the biggest argument towards that whole atheistic argument. Why, do, why doesn't God just show himself? It's because you're, you're asking for something that can't be defined to come down and define itself. It, it's not possible because if, if God did come from the clouds, then in our minds, we would suddenly have a capsule, a container to put on that concept of God. And it's not that God doesn't want to. I think God shows himself in any way he can, in every way he can. But there's also limitations due to the due to the the structure that he put in place that he, he's not going to go against it's like a professor who made a, a set of guidelines to teach his students and then breaks those guidelines it's what's the point why put them there in the first right. place if you're if you're not going to follow those rules right. and you're just going to like go off willy-nilly then everything falls apart because you are at the end of the day the thing that gives foundation and that's just a, that's just a micro expression you know god on the macro scale of being the foundation of existence itself you're you're talking about something that in in essence cannot define cannot be defined because it is everything
And so if it decided, hey, I'm just going to take that away and I'm going to become something, uh, then it loses the very thing. But then not only that, it's that if you, let's say a million people saw God coming from the clouds, right? And in, in, an idea, right? Because this is the atheistic argument. They're usually strawmanning it by thinking that God is a human sitting on the clouds, right? So let's say that human, that, that big guy with a bushy beard steps off his throne over on cloud nine and steps down. He has to step down in one location on the earth, right? That means everybody can't see him. Um, so that would mean that a million people saw True. God and a million people didn't. There's cell phones. You can fake cell phones. Who knows? A lot, so half the world would believe God's real and half the world wouldn't. And then what? And then you're back at the same argument. Prove it. Oh, well, we have pictures. Pictures can be fake. Yeah, and I mean, like, do you do you think like uh, Jesus was the was a real manifestation of he was like, the manifestation of the Holy of Spirit God that came the, down. the Godhead and and what okay so there's there's the Trinity right and the Trinity is a very powerful because we live in the third dimension right yeah so that means the closest we can get to God triangle is, yeah the, so so in order for yeah. us three dimensional humans to transcend we have to complete the Trinity. Which means God is one part, and then there's the human, the son. And then there's the relationship between those two, which creates the Holy Spirit. In order for that to, once you complete that triangle, you transcend, which is what the, the, you know, the Christian story is, the Christian narrative. So that Jesus was born, there was this whole history of Jews leading up to this point where the Messiah is born. He, he proves to humanity that you can actually transcend. You can't actually become in union with God if you live correctly, if you live, if you live within God's laws, not man-made laws, but within God's made laws. Um, and so what happens is, is that Jesus was the conduit. And if you focus it's, on the it's, right It's laws not even laws. Too, right? I, I think God, or I think Jesus really made it clear that there's really, laws are cultural. And, and he even talks about this, and I think the best representation is when he's talking about money. He, he says, pay to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to your culture and your time what is due to your time. But understand, give to God what is God's. And so people have this big misconception. It's like, oh, are we supposed to follow the Old Testament? No. And you, if you think Jesus was born now and he would be following the Old Testament, you're crazy. Culture change. Give to the culture what is culture's. Exist in the time you're in. And follow the laws accordingly. Be a good human. Be yeah. a stand-up human. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of hard. I think uh, you know how Frederick Nietzsche had that like pretty big uh, criticism of the union yeah. between the Old Testament and the New. Um, it's kind of hard to like rec rectify everything in the Old Testament doesn't exactly like lend to the lifestyle of jesus and what he not at all really because the old about. testament is a it's a textbook uh, yeah it's 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 not it's people look at it, it's it's a, it's a historical it's a yeah. document about the history of god's chosen people <coughs> that's all it is it's going through the culture right. and there's so many different laws that take place in the old testament there's hundreds of laws of all different because it's like a span of a couple thousand years on which the Old Testament takes place. And there's so many different prophets and people come in yeah. and say, you should do this. And then those people start doing it and then they all die. And then the laws change. 
people look at the Old Testament like it's this somehow, yeah, it's this thing that we're supposed to follow. It's a thing for us to study and see the path of which God's chosen people need to take in order to achieve enlightenment. On a on a macro scale, the Old Testament to the New Testament should be a representation of every human's life. Everybody should go through an exodus. Everybody should lead, like you could go through each story and they're all archetypal narratives that humans follow. Every human follows. We fall down, we get back up. We fall down, we get back up. We fall down, we get back up. And then one day after that cycle happens, we wake up finally and we achieve enlightenment and we complete the Trinity and we actually follow God. That's it's, it's on a, it's supposed to be a representation of humans. And you know what? We look at stories, and, and Jordan Peterson's a big uh, stories. Stories, especially the stories that stay throughout time, right? Because there's some stories that fade away, and then there's some stories that stay. And the stories that stay are representations of the the hero's journey, or of of your journey, of my journey, of a human's journey. And and there's a resonation, like we resonate with those stories, and so they they're more they're more provocative. Yeah, it's kind of like. And, yeah. and to me, the reason the Old Testament and the New Testament and the whole story about Jesus is so strong is because it's a rep- we all see ourselves in those stories. If some, somebody actually looks into it, we see ourselves in that. It's talking directly to us. And you can even oh, yeah. get rid of all the spiritual shit, which Jordan Peterson does. If you listen to his biblical lectures, he is the most – I've never heard somebody talk about the, the Bible in, in, in such an unspiritual way. He talks about it purely from a psychological standpoint. But it, just look at it as a story. It's it's just it's just telling you yeah. about yourself in a way that is so deep because, and this goes back to what you were saying earlier about how all humans are kind of the same thing. And it's because other humans know you as much as you don't want to, as as much as I don't want to admit it. Other people know you, and so there's if you listen to the Old Testament, you'll be shocked to feel like they're actually talking about me. Somehow these ancient humans are going through something that I'm going through today. And there's a story that applies to this situation anyways. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the whole Trinity is that Jesus was human. He became God. He became God once he transcended, but he didn't, he was God when he, when he fulfilled the contract between humans and God, that's all it was. God, God was striving to create Adam. He tried creating Adam. And this is another atheistic argument. Why not just make a life without pain? Why not? Just, why just not make, why don't you make a perfect world <laughs> where people don't have the opportunities to sin, but we're still free. God tried that already. Dumb fucks. He did the garden of Eden. That was the first thing he did. And, and yeah. And I mean, I mean, <clears throat> within the garden of Eden, I mean, Jordan Peterson puts it like, uh, even with like, there are no places that it's are impossible. entirely like safe, that are entirely free from free will. the ability to change. Yeah, like as long as if, 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 the garden, if you'll know? never get rid of snakes. Snakes will always be in the garden, and as long as we have the opportunity for free will, which means the capacity for free true love, there's always going to be the option. And so God tried the Garden of Eden. It was an experiment, and there's actually like really weird translations where God's like talking to himself in the garden of Eden. Like he's talking about the humans and he's like, he's talking in third person. He's like, how do we do this? What should we do? And it's weird that they put it that way because it's like, it sounds like God is a multitude of people. Um, 
he's like, what should we do here? And uh, so there is some, there's some evidence to say that humans actually are just an experiment from an alien. And what we would call the Garden of Eden was when aliens came down and implanted their DNA into these chimpanzees uh, to see what would happen. And this is like their first experiment. And there's a lot of fucking, honestly, dude, it's, it's pretty, you could go, you could go, Shut up! Hold, hold on, hold on. Shut you can go the spiritual route. You can go the spiritual route. I, dude, I fucking love how your mind just loves like finding such weird explanations. Well, we're talking, we're talking about God here. Them. We're talking about an omniscient, omnipresent being that literally breathed life into a a, a, a chimpanzee and created culture and, and these things around us in order for us to have union with him and eventually become him. I mean, we're talking about kind of crazy ideas to begin with saying actually it was just aliens is really not that far, <laughs> far away from our original conversation. Um, it's true. It's true. No, I agree with you. I just, but I love the idea for that. That's all. It works. You can have the spiritual route Keep going. where it is actually a divine spiritual being, which honestly, when you get technology at the end of the day, is just magic. It just is like you get to the point. I was looking uh, on Reddit the other day about how these telepo uh, these, this like, it's like a generator plant, right? Like an electricity plant. And what they do is they move these rods. And when they disconnect the electricity, huge bolts of lightning fly out of these poles like it's crazy and like there'll be like seven of them going off at once and it's just this massive amount of lightning and i'm like i'm like humans are fucking crazy that we could we harness that shit you know like it's magic it's literally that's what it is it's we're controlling lightning does it get more magical than that does it really like we're shooting lightning out of fucking shit it's I. It was literally a wand. It was a pole that was just fucking shooting lightning out of it. And I'm like, we're kind of fucking magicians. Yeah, and I mean, I see that all the yeah. time. Yeah, just with yeah. Like video. Games virtual. Re- we're literally creating all the time virtual realities. You, you know, it's not so. Right. To me an idea of aliens and spirituality they go hand in hand i mean what we would call an alien is a spirit in my opinion because once you get to a certain level of technology you can you could technically transcend this dimension because we don't really know how gravity works time works space works we have no idea and it's totally possible that once you get advanced enough that shit just becomes like like a speed bump in a road that we we would see the speed bump and it would be like a mountain to us but for them they're just like you just walk over it you just you just move through time and space. What do you mean? What do you mean you can't right, travel right, through right. time? Are you stupid? Yeah. So so the idea no, I that, hear that this ancient species came down and implanted their DNA in a chimp, we're doing that shit right now already on Earth with our dumbass brains. So that technology isn't really that far fetched. Um, and the idea that yeah, it just it, it it there's a lot of parallels, and to me, it's not that far reach. And I and I tend to believe in kind of wonked out things, not to the point where I'm like trying to convince people, but secretly, when I look at the moon at night, there's a voice that speaks to me that says, "Hey, this shit's fucking weird." I've, Have you ever jerked? <laughs> um, only like only like twice. Only because you sound like my you lover. have. You sound like you have. Only yeah, twice I've ever jerked off to the moon. You're good. I told him twice. 
Okay, three times. But that's it. That's all I'm giving you. Um, three times. Jordan knows the real number. Jordan knows uh, the real there's number. Something, there's the something real. powerful about the moon. I'm pretty sure it's a dragon egg. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the moon. Have you ever heard about the hollow moon theory? Hey, you're not ready for that. You're not ready for the a hollow moon a dragon theory. Egg. I'm gonna give it to you anyways. So you go to you go on the moon. <laughs> you go on the moon oh, and all the craters oh, have different God. dimensions, right? They God, have different dude. radiuses, which means that different sized asteroids have hit the moon. And you get some really big ones. A couple of them are a mile wide. Maybe not a mile wide, but some of them are big. However, you want to know the weird thing, Joel? They all only go down to a certain depth. No matter how big the crater is, the depth of the crater is always the same. You know what this means? This means, and this is actual factual information. Now there's theories on this. This is factual information. The, the idea is that there is an internal layer to the moon this is factual information. that is so okay. hard that asteroids can't break into it, which means that something is inside the moon and there's a barrier outside of it and then the crust. And the asteroids are hitting the crust, but they can't get through the internal barrier. And there's also been uh, tests done where they send, I think, it's, I think they send um, uh, like voice uh, sound waves at the moon. Hold on. They 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 send sound at the the moon, and the moon reverberates like a hollow egg. Real quick. Hang on. So there are theories. It reverberates. It like like it's hollow. It doesn't have the. It doesn't. It doesn't have the it same sound as if something was reverberates uh, like firm all the way egg? through. It doesn't. It doesn't move okay. sound okay. the same way. I'm looking this up. Do all craters, all these craters vary in size from a few feet to hundreds of miles in size. Yeah, but I'm saying, I'm not saying they're all the the same same depth. depth. I'm saying they only go down a certain length. They're not. Because you'll get a small crater that that doesn't push in that hard. So yeah, they're going to be very leveled of depth. However, it only goes down so far. I have a book that talks about it, actually, if you want to, if you want the book. Here, here. Actually, there's a video on it. There we can just play the video. We'll give a shout out. In depth and craters, hundreds or thousands of meters in depth. Let me. I'll will send you the video. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, okay. I guess I can just play it through. Yes. Um, my little Mikey poo, little Mike Mike. Just play it through your little, <laughs> little Mikey poo. All right. This is so. This is spirit science. Um, little Mike Mike. Spirit science? Spirit science. NASA crashed a lunar module into the moon, causing the equivalent of one ton of TNT. NASA said that the moon reverberated like a gong for half an hour. Then they did it again, causing an impact of 11 and a half tons of TNT, and it rang like a bell for over four hours. It vibrated in a way as if it out with giant hydraulic damper struts inside of it. Is that better? Pull it a little bit away from the mic. Hold on, I paused it. No, I can't hear it. 
Oh, fuck. Technical difficulties. Where's that. our Jamie, dude? Um, Where's our Jamie? Alright, anyways, yeah, so that, um, we're not going to watch all that because it's it, the idea is that it's a hollow egg. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Um, but anyways, there's a theory. Like the voice, it's, um, it's not the voice it, there, but yeah. Well, okay, but this is like you're talking about a whole other conversation but because why, there's why so many cultures that believe that the earth was actually an egg and that the earth is a spirit and that there's a symbolic importance to the moon and that the moon – like obvious, from, a, from a modern standpoint, nothing. Even if the earth – even if the moon was hollow, it would mean nothing. But to ancient cultures, old cultures, because I know you hate when I say the word ancient um, – No, you could say the word ancient. I just don't like it when you add like a um, I think I think ancient people had more observational something because awareness than we do. It. We have science, which is which I well hold on. So we have science, which is very valuable in proving generalities. No, um, and that can be useful. That can be very useful. We know that generally the sun is how it is. We know that the the wind is generally how it is, and that. We, but the problem is, is when you assume that all generalities are true across the board. I don't know what that fucking ticking is, but it's about to make me kill somebody. Um, but the idea is that – so science is, is in generalities. All right, all right. We can't prove anything across uh, an, an, a wide range of variables, which the whole scientific method is about getting rid of all the variables. Because variables will fuck up your experiment. The more exper the more variables you have in your experiment, the less accurate it is. That's the problem with science. And the idea that we can somehow use science to give a concrete understanding of reality is silly to me. To some people, it's not. To me, it is. Because um, a hum each human is an infinite amount of variables. We know that. And so, and, and then each, an infinite amount of variables interacting with another infinite amount of variables provides an infinite amount of potential outcomes. So science is, is good at explaining generalities, but observing actual reality at the end of the day is going to give each person the most concrete version of their reality. Not all reality, not general reality, of their reality. And ancient humans didn't have the scientific method. They didn't have uh, data and, and all this technology to to plan experiments to prove results, which is what all science is. You make a hypothesis and then you're trying to prove the hypothesis. Um, they, what they did was they just looked at reality and they just said what they thought. And there's a lot of dumb humans out there. And so a lot of what they said is going to be false. However, I think there is some truth to the fact that they were probably much more aware than modern humans were because for one, they didn't defer to authority. They, they watched, they looked at themselves. Well, they looked at their own reality. And, and, and yeah. there's a power to yeah. that that I think is not, if not equal to modern science, that we have lost as a human species, at least most of us. And so when I say ancient humans, I'm, I'm literally just counteracting the fact because usually what they believe contradicted science. A lot of people in modern culture see science as the end-all be-all. I don't. And so when I have a group of humans who did what I like to do, which is observe, and they come up with very logical 
and almost exact measurements for a lot of things that they should have no idea about. To me, that gives me a lot of evidence to believe that they might mo know more about what they're talking about than we give them credit for. Like they know, they know a lot of shit that they should not know. That's fair. That's fair. It's just a lot of the time, like you'll you'll say, like, dude. Well, that's my reasoning. When I say this. that, that's my reasoning. Like, is because that there is a power to that. There is a there's a substantial there there's something to it. It doesn't automatically. It doesn't of course, automatically it doesn't. of course, it doesn't. Just like just because an experiment proves a hypothesis doesn't make the hypothesis correct. It, it can go both ways. However, we just as a culture have been indoctrinated, especially me, you, and and kids. Uh, you know, our generations have been indoctrinated that. The dudes with the white lab coats are at the end of the day establishing what reality is and that they all have good intentions and they're all brilliant masterminds and they're all perfect humans that would never make a mistake or flaw or, but that you say no, no, no. but most people do. And I, I have a problem with that. And so I, in order for me to balance myself out. Well, no, I think there's an attachment to the, like the old school scientific method the constant search for accurate information and like, I, I don't know, people trying to understand reality so that we're better able to manipulate it, I guess. Like really, if you look at science on like a more grandiose scale, I feel like what it's done is given people, given people it's, it's established the tools to be able to manipulate reality. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Like that's about all it's done to be honest. And it, it like like we don't really have a deeper understanding of anything that's going on really just through the understanding of like experiments like just through uh experiments and like Newtonian physics doesn't Why really work help here. us understand what's yeah. actually any kind of narrative and what's more important of life what's more important manipulating reality like or that. or understanding reality. And you can do, you can manipulate reality without understanding what the fuck's going yeah. on. I mean, look at us. We know we we're manipulating reality all the time. We still don't know what the fuck is that going sucks. on. None of us do. And so, but ancient humans, I think there was a piece, and, and it's all coming through text, so it all could be bullshit. The same way the Bible could be bullshit. Totally could. It's it's all it's all word of mouth. Right. And at least in in and since we didn't exist right. in that time period, and we exist in this one, there is a aspect where we're going to be. De like our our we're going to move towards science because we're experiencing it right so and it's in our face you don't have any right. fucking witch doctors living down the street in a hut that you could walk to and he'll put fucking boar guts on you and, and chant and you'll have it doesn't happen anymore but we do have what we do have tech <laughs> technology and textbooks and we also have teachers and we can just go and ask them and yeah. they're going to say well this scientist said this Without any understanding that, hey, this is another human. What's their family life like? What's their mental state like? Like, I understand they have a degree in X amount of, in X field, but there's a lot of factors that go into the search for truth. And I'm not just going to believe something because somebody else told me. I'm going to believe it once I receive it. I input it through all of my filters and then apply as many other filters as I can through other human eyes and see if it holds up across the whole scale of everything I know. Because for me, Reality is a puzzle and truth is just a piece or truths are just pieces. And if it is truth, it will just fit. It fits mm. into everything else. You can see how it applies to mathematics, logic, physics, um, history, music, 
uh, energy, light. Like it, if something is true, whether it's about the human psyche or whether it's about how wheels move, they, it goes together. And ancient humans have a much, they have a much more emphasis on this or old humans than modern science does where we have certain disciplines and that they're all separate and you have to have a degree in this field. You don't even study this ancient humans applied all of it into a cohesive theory because what they were trying to do was give meaning to their lives, which were, which were filled with death, disease and, and terror. And they, they found meaning because they needed meaning. We have no meaning. And so we're not looking for it. Like you, maybe that's a bad example, but they had no meaning. Yeah. I get the I get the overall point. I think it's a fair. Yeah, you want to continue the quote point. I, I think I mean. In one sec, I mean I mean like, there's a reason that Jordan Peterson took the world by storm, and it was because he was trying to say that there's there's a lot of different forms that truth takes, and a lot of these old archetypal stories that kind of fit into individuals like like that that seem to really mesh with your consciousness um have value in the scheme of truth in the sense of narrative that's because you are a narrative you're not not more valuable than just concrete hard compact data you know some cube of data yeah yeah and i think i mean yeah i mean narrative is just a standpoint most core like like anybody who yeah like anybody who is like is is uh ideologically possessed by this kind of like leftist movement that's going on in the united states right now they're possessed by a narrative they're possessed by a fit into box of things a box of ideas a box of historical facts that is supposed to express to them how everything like how everything in our society oh speaking of that i wanted to talk i really wanted to make this podcast about astrology uh, and racism victim you know i thought that'd be good but then but then hey hey, but once but once i'm done uh it it never happens i don't have a birthday but after we talk about astrology and then racism i want to talk about astrological racism and then racist astrology is another really good topic are you even here right now I i thought we could just cover all that Oh my God! Hell yeah, bro! Hey, when it's about your thirty birthday, minutes let's through, do like a four yeah. But what's gonna be funny is that about thirty minutes in, you're gonna fucking disconnect, and, and I'm still gonna finish the four-hour podcast, not even knowing. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna be going alone. Oh yeah, no facts. If you really get going down like the astrology rabbit hole, oh, I am too. Things, I pretty much just shut the up fuck up over the years because I so. am uneducated on all, like all of it. But like I'm, I'm just, not. I wouldn't say that I. I, I study like, it, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm. That doesn't mean I'm educated on it. I think there's a big difference. When I say I study things, people think I'm educated. Yeah, I've tapped. I've tapped into it. Yeah, sure. You have a curiosity. I'm not an authority. To some. It doesn't necessarily. But I don't think anybody's like, an authority. Like At the end of the day, I also believe that like you are an authority off of, over your own life. And, and there is. Yeah. But exactly. this also applies. Uh, this is under sure. the strict circumstances that you are being as honest with yourself as you possibly can. 
Because if you're not, if you have any sort of biases or you have the ego, which is another big thing, which is why I feel like the spiritual route is one people need to take more. Getting rid of the ego is the most fundamental uh, uh, action that you need to take in order to get closer to truth or God or <coughs> well, you, the, the ego is something that you can never get rid of. So it's not you, you get into the hippie that. movement and they're like, oh, yeah, I had an ego death like three years ago and now I'm enlightened. And by, but you but the fact that they're saying that shows that they never it's got never rid of it. And, and so it's the ego is back. a part of you. It's like the shadow. The ego is is the part of them. It's a mask that you wear. That is what everybody else sees. So it's not a it's not a matter of getting rid of the ego. It's a matter of integrating the ego and getting it to serve you. It's a great servant. It's a horrible master. But the problem is, is that most people don't other don't most people don't most people don't ever see cool. themselves separated. Most people think it's they're their ego. It, by the way. They're 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 who they tell to everybody else. I am my mom's son. Yeah. 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 And they see this. Whoa, shot whoa, of whoa, like, what? That, was, that wasn't me. That night, I, Are you I sure? That's my mom. That. She was yelling specific. at me. That wasn't me. <laughs> it was pretty specific. No, no, this is not a personal thing. That wasn't me when I raped the car. I would never. I would never, bro. I would never. I would literally. I would literally kill. I would kill. I would me. murder I masses of people and put it in a dryer and, and shook mouth. it all around. That wasn't. That, is that, that what you wanted to hear? That's just what the ego would do. That wasn't me who yeah. put the cat. But it's the that same wasn't way. me who it's, threw it's, the cat up onto the ceiling uh, fan. Uh, that wasn't me. That that really wasn't me, man. No, but um, just another point on this. Like, this is why I think more people should really like at least try psychedelics at some point, because I think, like, with the context that what you're trying to do is you're trying to look at yourself without your, I don't, I don't think they do. And and, and they're very very useful in that dimension. Like it's really hard. I I think it, it does. I don't think it does to everybody. Oh Um, dude, I've experienced it personally. What, what, what drugs do is it messes up reality. And most people's ego lies in how concrete reality is. And when you see reality. Uh, Or it, or it, sets another pathway to like the fractal pattern you see when you well trip is actually something that's you should you should research how fractal i don't really I told you about this how, so i don't anyway. want to get into it because dumb chimpanzee but yeah it's deep it's i know deep yeah shit. and i've looked it's into hard it to understand. In almost every single post but pretty much hollow fractal is about how everything is inter like co- a, interconnected like a fucking that's all sparrow i don't know Yeah, I don't. I, I don't see like taking psychedelics as like it, yeah, removing a, yourself from reality. I, I I just feel like it's a different it's a different lens. It's a different lens that we normally can't see. I guess I don't really feel like it's an entire like. It's something that just doesn't exist. You know, I, I think agree. it's. I think it all exists out there. It's just we don't have the capability to see it normally, and those things can give some people the ability to see it and it doesn't happen for everybody but like i know a lot of people who have the same experience ego in, in, the thing is, in ego, regards the to ego changes ego. so and once you do drugs it's, I don't know. you don't it you just, can't get rid of your ego i think it that's just, really it important just... well 
Well, no, that's not the purpose. That's the ego the in nature. That's, that's the ego the in ego. nature. Is trying to we both agree ego. that that's kind trying of to get like rid a, of. This. Oh, that, that's it's that not is, pointless. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, right, right. It's try. It's just a, it's just another pathway the ego takes. Um, but I th- I do think it's important to acquire the perspective of yourself as you are without all that bullshit every so once here, in let a me while make a statement. so that you can um, kind of I think we would both agree that establish a psychedelics are a gate. There, I think life. all of that stuff exists around us at all times, or at least your brain is capable of process. Like your brain is capable of processing it on drugs. So therefore it's, it's there, right? Um, just as similar, I would say a dream is there, even though you can't touch it and you only have access to it during certain modes in right. which your brain are, is in, it doesn't mean that it's not real. Right. It's very real. Same as with the drugs. Now, it's not scientifically tactile, um, but it is. It is there. It is real. However, um, I think I think right. the only the only way psychedelics can help disrupt the ego, or at least see that you are not your ego, help you separate, help you take off the mask, is essentially what it is. Because you're going to have to put the mask back on. the The goal with ego death is that you just have to be aware when it's on and when it's not. You have to be aware what is you and what's not you. That's what an ego death is. It's not getting rid of this ego, which is this subpersonality that you're going to fucking stab with a knife and they go away forever. It's a mask. And the mask is always there. And you're either wearing it or you're not wearing it. There's no other options. It's always there. It's like the shadow. Except... Yes. And if people... A lot of people, it's just, it's especially just those who don't awareness of necessarily believe that reality is more than meets happening. the eye. Yeah. When you take psychedelics, if your ego is is in reality, right? If part of who you think you are is this human that is in concrete, you know what's going to happen tomorrow, you know what's around you, you know what's real, you know what's not. Take psychedelics and that shit just blows up because now you don't fucking know and you can't turn <laughs> it off. You can't turn off the fucking little green men running around you. And so now it's like, oh my God, what is real? And, and so that, and then it helps. And then the mask loosens a little bit. And then you have the potential to take it off. Like, oh, this is what I am. But but if you're not careful, the mask is it's it's hard to explain. But it's almost like the mask has a mind of yeah. its own and it puts itself back on. And if you're not aware, that shit will just slip right over, and you'll be back into the ego, and you won't even know. You know it it it. Yeah, yeah. You know that. There's you know falling, that Richard upward Rohr, uh, book about um, the ego, but that's about there's a, there's a lot. He talks scroll. a lot about the ego. He's a uh, non-dual. Falling upward is good. That's about uh, addiction. That's I about think addiction. falling upward is the one I read. Such a good idea. Yeah, that, he, I want to I want to get back gave, to that. Well, he talks about the I ego. I mean, addiction at the book. end of the day is all about ego. Well, um, maybe not actually. Maybe it's a he talks. One. He he gave me one of the most profound truths of Here, spirituality on. that I've ever learned. And that was that spirituality is not about addition. It's about subtraction. And he, and that is, so, that, that hit me like, fucking, like, Oh, spirituality, real spirituality, yeah. oh, your yeah, spirit's definitely. essence is not about definitely. gaining. It's about losing because when you die and you meet your spirit and you, you encapsulate your spirit, you can't take anything with you. And the whole process of life is learning how to cope with death and how to go into death gracefully. And the whole idea is to let go of things. 
And we, we live in culture in the opposite way of the flesh where it's all about addition, our animal instincts, where we just need to add. We need more. We need a family. We need more food. We need a child. We need a dog. We need a cat. But at the end of the day, the real meaning of life oh, is gained boy. through learning how to let all of that go. The art of letting go. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. He's 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 brilliant. The and art he's, of letting he's, go. That's uh, the one I read. He's a what's yeah, it called? A Franciscan. Excellent, excellent book. Uh, he he really is not, brilliant. But he's not. But he's also very. I know he like, is. Yeah. He, he knows all. He's very well versed like, in all, all the other religions. The and he he when he talks about religion. You can tell that he has his beliefs and he has his things, but he, he would never like, you can tell that he's open-minded to all the other religions, all of them. Claim to be like a, a yeah, he's not. He's just like for, to give you truth for one. And, and Francis or was like, kind of crazy because yeah. essentially he just, he was like a spiritual enlightened dude, but he lived with nothing. And like, but then people tried to copy him and would like starve and they were scary. And there was, there's, he actually, I remember him talking about this, how like the people who try to co uh, copy St. Francis, tried to follow him, turned into the very thing that St. Francis didn't want to exist. But St. Francis was capable of doing it. But the problem is you had a lot of people who are like beggars and like they look like skeletons and they look dead and they were like walking around trying to be spiritual people. But there was a, they were missing something. And there, then that goes with everything. Like everything is that humans are so different. This goes with psychedelics, everything. Is that like not everybody is going to be part of the same system. Not everything is meant for everybody else. And this is why I think old humans, ancient humans had a better, because they were, they, they kind of saw that. And in the modern science, yes. we speak in generalities. So it's, Oh, this medicine works for this set of people under these conditions. Oh, yep, everybody should be able to try it. And it's like, yeah, but then yeah. It, it's we're it's just not, it can't work that way. It's not, and I think in a couple thousand years, a hundred years, we're gonna see that, and our and our system is going to evolve if we don't all die first. Um, it has to. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna right. tell you about my dream now. Let's keep this Wanna one hear about right, it? Shall we? So last night, I'm gonna tell you about. All right, shoot, I'm going to tell you about two dreams. Me. Last night's dream was actually kind of weird. I don't think it had any spiritual meaning. I think it was more because I've been playing Dark Souls. Uh, but it started with me and Jordan, right? We're in this. It, no, it's, it's funny. So me and Jordan were like, I was in the street, right? And Jordan was driving a Lamborghini. And I'm like, Jordan, wow, that's so cool. It's a Lamborghini. And I'm like, let me drive it. And when I, she got out of the Lamborghini, when I tried to get in, it turned into like a, it turned into like a pair of pants. Right, it was a Lamborghini, but it turned into like fabric, and I tried to get into the Lamborghini, what? and I couldn't, because it was like it was like fabric, <laughs> and I couldn't. I'm like, I can't fit into this. I can't fit into it. Lamborghini like it was, sweats. it's so hard to explain, but it was like a Lamborghini. But I was trying to get inside of it, and I couldn't because it was like, it was like fabric, and so I'm like, so we were at the corner of this gas station because I couldn't get into the Lamborghini, and I saw these people over at this other gas station beyond this fence starting fire. And I'm like, Jordan, we need to go. And they were like, they had all this fire right in their hand. And they were like setting stuff on fire. And I'm like, Jordan, we need to go. We need to go. Cause I'm like, this, this is going to blow up. It's a gas station. Right. And so I, I, I grabbed Jordan. Jordan's like, no, I want to stay. I want to stay. So Jordan's trying to stay at this gas station with all these people like lighting stuff on fire. 
And like they're like shirtless dudes with mohawks and tattoos, and they're they clearly want to just fuck shit up. And I'm like, no, we need to go. So I grab Jordan and like pull her, and it, the whole gas station blows Agents up, right? Chaos. And we end up in this soccer field, and there's like a group of us, and we're like, okay, we oh, need yeah. to determine what needs to happen. So we all like start assigning people tasks, right? And and I'm like I'm like telling people what to do and what to go, and then, so we're in this soccer field, and there's these huge cages around us and there's these people same shirtless dudes like trying to get in uh, and so we're all planning on what to do and like giving each other roles and then suddenly we are in this like we're in this like yard okay there's this house that i've never seen before and we're in this backyard the same group of people and there's this shed that's on fire and people are just screaming inside of it like horrific screaming like ah like we're burning alive we're burning alive and there's these guys inside, the same shirtless dudes, like lighting shit on fire. But they're inside the fire, filled with civilian, like r- random people, I would guess, just screaming bloody murder. They're they're dying, obviously. Sure. Okay, okay, okay. Can I ask you a question? Hold Where on. Where the fuck does Dark Souls come So then I grab Jordan and I run through this house. And then these people start chasing us. The same shirtless dudes, except they're they're in a cage that's surrounding them, but they're like they're screaming, right? And so you know you know those old those old like medieval torture devices where there's like spikes on the inside. So it was like that. It was like a cage, right? So like a, a fence. Yeah. But there was a fence on either side of their body with spikes going through them. So you could see their body because it was like a chain link fence, right? But they were being like they were being like uh, smushed by it with all these spikes, and they're chasing me and Jordan, and they're like screaming, running at us, like screaming like a mix between a monster and somebody deeply in pain. And so I run out to the front, and they're just like like chasing me and Jordan. So I run out to the front, and I'm like, Jordan, I need to call the cops. I need to call the cops. And she's like, Why? Why? Jordan, this whole time I'm like dragging Jordan through. She's like trying to stay where these people are. So this whole time, like in the gas station, when these dudes were blowing up the gas station or when they were lighting the house on or the lighting the barn on fire with the people inside or when they were chasing us with these like medieval tortured fences on and they're like faces that are getting ripped off and stuff. And they're like chasing us. I'm like, Jordan's just like wanting to stand there and I'm trying to run away. And so I try to call 911 and then 911 is like taking forever. They're like, what is your emergency? And I'm like, there's people chasing us. They're lighting everything up. And they're like, sir, we're going to need you to hold. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course, and sir. then I woke up. So that was last night's dream. <laughs> the night before this. <laughs> sir, we're going to need you to hold. Yeah. I love it. I love how I love how dreams fuck with you like that. Like, uh, like, like I have dreams all the time. A lot of people have dreams where like they're trying to run away, you but can. they're not fast. Yeah, I have dreams all the time where I'm getting I, into like fights, but I just can't like. You want to know what's crazy? Because I used to have those dreams too. I can't really, a lot. It's like, part of sleep paralysis. Well. But whenever I went through that kind of spiritual phase, it went away. And now in dreams, I'm capable of acting. I used to not ever be able to act in dreams. I used to not be able to punch or fight back or make decisions in dreams. Shit would always. Now, whenever I have a dream, I never wake up from a nightmare because I'm always capable of handling the nightmare. In my dreams, like last night, if I was younger, I would have woken up because they would have gotten me, right?
Yeah, I've noticed uh, in my dreams there's a there's a common theme more recently in the like the darker ones that, that of like weird. responding. Like I it just means respond. that it means that there's something in your After life I, that like, you need to answer to. Is essentially what that means, and you haven't answered it to. But once you do it, you can your dreams reflect who you are. It's very weird because once I started doing these things, like. It's almost like I have control over my dreams. Anyways, I'm going to go to this one's even crazier. The night, the one before. Wait, no, no, no. Don't, don't go. Don't go. Don't go somewhere else. I want to like hear what you No, the, the, that one's dream. nothing compared to the one I'm about to tell you. To me. So that one, I think that one, like I said, I think that one was more, I think that one was oh, more shit. just because I've been playing God. Dark Souls. Let me and put shit. my seatbelt on. Um, and that's why I had that some, some of that imagery. Like the dudes running at but me why? with the, the cage, why? like they were like demonic. Like and the then there was like the people lighting each other on fire, like smo- screaming and moaning, just like in Dark Souls. Like it was very Dark Souls. I can't explain it. You're listening to the dream, but I was in the dream. Like it was very Dark Souls. This, Anyways, um, right. the one before I started at this, I started yeah, at this school. Okay. Like and there's Dark this girl Souls in front of me who didn't look like Jordan, but I knew it was Jordan. Truths. She had this long, dark hair like pitch black hair, right? And um, like what would happen is she, this girl would change in between Jordan, what she, like what she looked like there and what Jordan looks like. And they would shift between the two. And and so I always, it was always Jordan, but it the, her appearance would change, right? And so the dream happens, I'm like in school and shit. And eventually Jordan and my dad get cancer. But it's not like normal cancer. They have these like black cysts on their body. And they, they, they look like black holes on their arm, right? And what happened was I started getting like a lot of anxiety. I started getting really sad. The sadness in this dream was so real, dude. Like, you know, when a dream happens, some, like it evokes emotion because you think it's real, right? And so there was, I was, and it felt like two years. This dream felt like two years. Yeah. And so I was coping. I was coping. Are you on the phone? Fuck. Oh. Um, so I was coping. I was coping nope. with them developing this disease. I'm and really I started getting worried that I was going to develop it. Right. And at the end of the dream, a lot of shit happened in the dream. But it pretty much came down to my, my dad and Jordan got this weird disease and they were going to die. Right. And at the end of the dream, the very end, I was on this this rock-like structure in the middle of the ocean, right? But there was like stepping stones, like these big plateaus to this rock that like were, that made like a staircase to the top of the rock, right? And there was this being with me that had to be like 10 feet tall. And so we're in the middle of the ocean. It, it might've been, it might've been. So I didn't, I don't remember exactly what this that thing looked me. like, but I remember that it being was, super sorry, tall. Going. And it was just nothing. It was just me and this. It was just me and this being in the middle of the ocean, standing on this the bottom step of this mountain. <laughs> and every time he he would take me through my life in this dream, because like I said, it was like two years. And there was a lot of emotion in this dream. Like it felt real, anger, sadness, happiness, right? And each of the steps to the mountain, he would take me up, and it would send me back to the experience in the dream I was having, where I felt an emotion, and he would tell me, "Let go." And whenever I let go, we would move up a step and the ocean would consume the, the last step we were on. 
it would just the ocean would rise up and the step would let go right and then it moved through where when i was happy and he was like all right now you need to let go he was like comforting me he was like all right it's time to let go and i would and i would let go and we would move up a step and then the ocean would take over the last step right we get to the top of the mountain and he goes okay now it's your turn and i look at him and there was this overwhelming sense of peace joel like it was a transcendent feeling and i let go of everything like all feel i remember this so vividly and when i did the ocean took over the last step it covered me and i died in the drain but i was so okay with it i was so happy he's like okay now it's your turn and no no, it was it was so something teaching me how to let go. With, uh, and, it was like the Dad? next step. It it was peace, but it was peace. It was like I cannot explain the blissfulness because usually so when somebody's like, "Hey, you're gonna about to be drowned by the ocean," right? You get scared. But it was the way this thing told me, "Okay, now it's your turn." Was so was so powerful. And I was so okay That's with cool. it that I just let it happen. I remember the ocean washing over yeah. me, covering the mountain. I remember seeing nothing but the sea, the, the mountain that I was walking up, which symbolized all these experiences that I had, all this pain and, and anxiety I had was totally washed away. And then I just let go and the, the ocean covered me and I woke up. I was like, I woke up and I'm like, what? The, but the thing is the feeling of peace that I woke up with was, similar to what happened in the dream do you have any ideas about what what it's I think trying, it was just to, trying to teach me i you? think it was just trying to teach me to let go like, like it's okay more practical be okay and i'm I, the next day i started to get anxiety right but then i i came back to the dream and i remembered the dream and i remembered Definitely. how i was so okay with dying in the dream and i was so okay with everything in the dream and the anxiety just totally went away all like the whole anxiety i'm like it just That's went cool, away. Man. It just washed away. Was that two nights ago? That was two or... nights ago. Yeah, two nights yeah. ago. And then two last night I had the dreams. weird. I've had three in a row. I just can't remember the uh, the first one. I usually write them down. I just haven't been. I've been lazy. I really kind of need to. But yeah, it was that, that was powerful. I can't even explain the imagery. Like literally, we were in the middle of the ocean, and every time I would watch up walk up a step, it would take me back to the feeling, like the experience, and I would re live the experience and then i would end up on back on the mountain and he would be like all right now it's time to let go and i would let go we would walk up and yeah. the ocean would cover it and it was just like and, and i i just wish you could see in my mind the imagery like i'm trying as best as i can but i can't explain it like the sun was setting and shit right as i like i was in the middle of the ocean it was this weird angelic thing that was like 10 feet tall the voice that he talked to me with was insanely peaceful like it was so comforting and and powerful like it's hard to comprehend obviously yeah. my mind created it somehow but it's like it was like all right now it's your turn and the ocean just washed over me there was like a brief moment where i saw nothing but the ocean and the sun setting and then it just it took me and i woke up damn yeah damn it's i love that uh dude oh my god to be honest, like, you know Peter Jackson, the Lord, the the Lord of the yeah. Rings movies. So I, I obviously I think the best way to like, if you want to read the uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, for like practical reasons, I guess 
obviously you should read it. You shouldn't watch the movie, but like the way, um, is it Ian McKellen? I think it is who plays Gandalf the way he like delivers the lines. Like when he's talking about the silver shores at death, yeah. that, that just kind of reminds me of what you're talking about a little bit. It's like this. Well, huge I think that's just because I have a Gandalf, of... Gandalf, Gandalf kind of vibe, you know? Yeah, add the F, add the F, first of all. Don't don't say Gandalf. Gandalf. It's okay. I kind of have a Gandalf kind of vibe. But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I agree. Bro, that was a good podcast. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was solid.